okay, my job is eight to five or, you know, five thirty or whatever. It's about living what you do. Uh, to me, it's never say no mentality. Um, so whether an opportunity to participate in a project that involves a community event, um, even though I, I may not have experience within that community or that particular role, I never say no. Uh, whether it was a, an external partner or an on-campus initiative, I, I never say no. That just achieves growth professionally. It's great for networking. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it has to be up to the person. to another episode of Reboot Higher Ed. I'm here today with George Pasmino, and George is originally from Quito, Ecuador, and serves as the Career Development Advisor at Bellarmine University. He is a U.S. Army veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom who holds a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Louisville, as well as his master's degree in business administration and in information technology from Sullivan University. George is also a student in the PhD in Leadership and Higher Education program at Bellarmine University. George, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. This is really exciting. Um, hopefully, we we go over uh, over a few cool things and uh, glad to be participating. Right. Yes, and thanks for being on. And just um, looking at your Looking back at what I just said for your bio, you are certainly a, a define what a, a lifelong learner is. So it's, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Yeah, Paul, um, I can relate to different populations from uh, being an international student at the University of Louisville um, all the way to an adult learner in the master's program. And now uh, attempting to be a scholar at Bellarmine University. So um, I'm just blessed that, you know, life has been uh, hectic and trying to move forward you know um you you got your start uh with higher ed and admissions is that correct that is correct how did you you know i I love this question to ask the people that have worked in admissions but like how in the heck did you decide or just roll into admissions well during my military service um with the u.s army i had the opportunity to um, changed my military job, my MOS, to instructor. And um, that kind of brought a different dynamic to the way I looked at things. Um, I was instructing uh, mission-critical things to soldiers, you know, conducting seminars, conducting workshops. And I just fell in love with that, uh, you know, with that learning experience on, on changing somebody's psyche or somebody's understanding about a topic. Um, so that kind of, you know, that kind of was in my head after I left the service. And um, when I transitioned into corporate America with my, uh, with my employer, JP Morgan in financial services, I, you know, I kind of missed that 
education piece that I experienced during my military service. Um, but at that point, uh, you're, you know, you're working in customer service, you're working in customer, um, you know, retention and things like that. So, you know, it's one of those things, man, that life happens, uh, you know, you never know what life is going to throw at you. And there was an opportunity to start in uh, higher education where they needed a military counselor. That was the, the name of the role. And mm -hmm. when I uh, reviewed the role description, um, it was pretty specific to someone that has a military background um, that is well-versed in military benefits for education, but at the same time had that relationship management skills, customer service driven, you know, retention and things like that. In other words, of being, you know, kind of like a recruiter. So um, it, it was that mix of both things that kind of caught my, my attention. And I started in the missions and I started working with veterans returning to school to achieve higher education. All right. So what, you know, that, that was how long ago is when you started? How long have you been in? How long ago has that been? In higher ed, uh, that was back in 2013 when I started. Okay, so just in in the last like six years, then, uh, what have uh, what what's changed that that you have seen in that? And then also, I know that on top of that, your role, um, you know, you came in working with military, but that evolved as well. So, can you share with the listeners um, what? You know, as things changed and how your role changed, uh, what you saw maybe as far as best practices changing, but also how did you uh, adapt uh, to these changes and adapt to new roles as they came along? So higher education has been changing for the last, I want to say, 10 years. There's There's been a, a big switch of mentality uh, from the, the student perspective. Uh, we have, you know, the traditional student that, leaves high school and goes on to college, kind of changing their, you know, kind of changing their, their decision-making process um, is not, you know, a, a dynamic economy is not really uh, painting higher education as, as the best option. You know, there's a lot of jobs out there. Um, and with that, uh, the opportunities to go into higher ed are not as it used to be. You know, uh, in the last 10 years, we have seen a big shift between when students go to the classroom is not necessarily the traditional student, you know. So I think the, the biggest changes in the industry have been um, how the perception of the return on investment, do I really get this value that a college de degree brings to my life? versus the time and the investment in financial resources. A lot of students are kind of questioning that. And we have seen that in enrollment in across all, you know, across across the board, uh, whether it is a private institution, public university, you know, community colleges, whatever the case may be. I think that is affecting everybody. What uh, professionally have, have you done to, you know, kind of find your craft? You work with students and these students that you're working with have they since they do they have all different desire their desired outcome for each student uh, might align a little bit but they're all coming from different backgrounds um, and with the culture shifting what have what have you done 
to to kind of prepare yourself or what have you had to kind of do to adapt with these times of change? Well, as you said, times of change call for prompt action and effective action. So I think in my personal experience, one of the factors that has been best practices is get out of that mindset that students are lining up, you know, by your door wanting to be enrolled um, or wanting to really pursue higher education. Uh, that perception, it's, it's really just not the norm anymore. So professionals in admissions, uh, professionals in higher ed in general, need to understand that a comprehensive student-centered mentality is paramount. It is something that is not just going to happen overnight. It is a cultural shift in all practices across all teams within a university that really brings students and keeps students in the classroom. As, as you probably know, uh, the low enrollment has been happening for a while, where universities are uh, redesigning the way they're recruiting, redesigning the way they serve the students, and really realizing, okay, okay, something needs to change because we still have our expenses, we still have our, our you know, our operation costs, but the students are not coming to the classroom. So I think that um, some of the best practices that have worked for me, it's been that, is keep the student as the priority. Have a student-centric mentality where nobody else matters on campus other than that student in front of me. Or if a student is calling or if a student, you know, sends an email or whatever the case may be, we need to really pay attention to that retention piece because the ones that are coming to the classroom are part of a smaller group that we have now in, in across universities. So we need to serve them the best way we can. You know, you just brought up a, a good word that I think doesn't get used a lot in higher ed recruitment, and that is retention. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, it's important for one, that everybody on on campus um, at your respective universities and colleges understand that when we talk about retention and enrollment, what we're talking about, yes, is we want to enroll students that we're going to be able to retain. But with the demand, say the demand's high, and you do have a lot of interest, and a lot of these are the post-traditional students, uh, for instance, uh, the demand uh, for them at that point, too, is to have a response and have a person to talk to uh, and to go over some things. There's a lot of questions, and they come with a lot of baggage many times. And when I say baggage, I mean previous academic history and credits and things of that nature, and then cost is up of mind. But without a person to speak to them and, and, and talk them through that um, and explain some things, uh, the, re- the retention in the funnel, the enrollment funnel, uh, takes a hit. Um, do you, it, is that kind of, you've been in your experience too, it's that, you know, we don't want to lose the student in the process to get them started. Um, and also, obviously, we don't want to lose them once they become a student. But if we're not at the helm um, and change kind of how our, our customer service and our approach with that student uh, is if it stays the same, then uh, the demand won't be met. Uh, does that sound reasonable? I think you're on point uh, with your argument there because 
what I've seen in ha what has worked for me is that customer service mentality, that is student centric mentality, where the student comes first in many, many aspects. Um, another thing that a lot of institutions are recognizing now, which is, you know, is just kind of implied in those changes and how to adapt to how things are new um, is there are different populations across campus that require different services. So, you know, you go from first generation students that are the typical traditional students or some portion of adult students that are college is their first experience, you know, for, for their families. And they may not relate to the other student population or continuing education students, you know, people that their parents are college graduates and that what they're pushing for that. So, you know, what kind of support systems we have in place to serve students that are not relating to the other students on, in the population, you know, is that they feel disconnected. They, they leave because they don't feel that sense of belonging. So there is different populations, veterans, uh, students with disabilities, students of color, what strategies are in place across your campus to make that ex student experience on whatever the background may be, a enjoyable experience, a supportive culture where I am invested in this university because I'm attending classes, but at the same time, I know that they got my back, that I know that if something happens to me, I have a safety net. You know, what kind of groups, what kind of initiatives do you have on campus to make that happen? If those are not there, this student will leave. This student will quit. So that's what I refer to with retention. Retention is not just about, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll take care of the student when he calls or when he emails us or whatever. It may be initiatives for campus culture. It may be clubs that students, you know, want to have so it, it is a holistic approach to how do we keep the students that we have in the classrooms happy and successful. Well, and you can, I guess you can look at your retention too and see students are, students are consumers and they're very resourceful. They're going to look at beyond, beyond just sometimes the degree there, what it, what is, what is it going to be like? Um, and that would be, I would say that is not isolated just to your, um, your traditional seated courses, brick and mortar, um, the online students are doing the same thing. They're looking to see like, you know, what's the graduation rate? What's the retention rate? What, what, what are careers that are people uh, are finding outside of this? And that, I think that what, what, what uh, some points you made that kind of brought, gave me some aha moments as well. So thank you for that is, you know, when we're looking at if students don't feel welcome um, or the term sometimes even with the, some of the student base that you've worked with as well, if the adult student doesn't feel like this is an adult friendly campus um, or it's not friendly towards the core demographics of, of them, uh, they will exit. And that's important one to take care of the current students, but realize that your future students, uh, they're going to be impacted out of that as well. So when you're not recruiting and you're not getting specific demographics that are attracted to your university, a lot of times you can look to see who's leaving and uh, and kind of figure that out put two and two together uh because you know your marketing your advertisement and then your your whatever you're putting out there only goes so far 
Um, it's less about what you say and more about what you, what you do. So I, I, I appreciate your insight on that. Certainly, certainly, uh, Paul, the evidence, it's public. The mm. evidence, it's there for people to see uh, via social media, via interviews, via many media resources that uh, technology has really facilitated for that end consumer, you know, that student that might be thinking about attending a certain institution, you know. So when I say it has to be a holistic approach, it is not just within the confounds of the university. It has to be, it has to transcend beyond that. It has to be a culture that we're not just practicing on campus. Everybody has to know that we are, you know, we are here to serve as students. And if any piece falls apart, the students are not going to walk through your door. And the students that do walk through your door but don't see those support systems in place, they will exit. Um, you know, there's a lot of these initiatives that, that need to happen at many of the universities. Um, and some of this work is being done at I know or many uh, uh, universities and colleges. There's many that are definitely aware, uh, but it all has to start somewhere with that university. And there's there's leaders at every university, and perhaps some of the listeners, you're you're that person on campus. Um, George, you've you've definitely been someone that's kind of moved, you know, had some upward movement and change um, within the profession, and. Um, there's probably a lot of ideas and things that you have, uh, even in your new role that you're, you're going to want to develop. But it, it started also from things that you did for yourself as a professional while you're in those roles. Um, there's a lot of admissions professionals that uh, we're on the front end. So we see everything um, from the start to the finish. And a lot of us have those ideas, but many times they don't get off the ground. Uh, there's development that needs to happen. What what have you what did you do? What, what what were some things that you did outside of the work hours, outside of what you didn't have to do to kind of develop yourself into the professional that you are today? Well, I think it's not just you know the approach of okay, my job is eight to five or you know five thirty or whatever. It's about living what you do. Uh, to me, is never say no mentality. Um, so whether an opportunity to participate in a project that involve a community event, um, even though I, I may not have experience within that community or that particular role, I never say no. Uh, whether it was a, an external partner or an on-campus initiative, I, I never say no. That just achieves growth professionally it's great for networking. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it has to be up to the person. Like you, you discuss about like, you know, how, how do you achieve upper mobility? You know, how, how do you transcend from one institution to another? Uh, how do you grow within, within your department? Well, never say no. Never say no to those opportunities that are going to be presented to you. Grow within yourself, yes, achieve career development, achieve, you know, degrees, um, read, whatever the case may be within you. But outside of what you can do, always participate in community events because you never know who is going to be attending that. 
it's it's a great way to put your word across, whether you're working for a community college or university at a technical school, whatever the case may be. So it's not just, okay, I'm in an admissions role and you know I just recruit within my campus. N not really. You you're representing the university outside of the university. And if somebody just as simple as wearing the t-shirt, a branded t-shirt, a polo, whatever, and having those conversations with people outside of work, it, it, it just, you know, it, it kind of brings it full circle. To me, that's what has really worked is um, not just represent my school by doing my job, but also participating with community partners that have elevated myself and elevated whoever I'm represented to the community and to an awareness of what we do. No, that's, that's very insightful, George. And I think, you know, you're, you're saying you're bringing, you got your university brand and you got your personal brand and, and those things can definitely have a happy marriage where you're just, you're kind of living it out. Um, it's, I don't want to, I know we all talk about work-life balance, but you know, admissions, if you're going to work in admissions and you're going to work in higher ed, I believe if you're not in love with what you do, um, those, what you just, what you just painted would be very difficult. Correct. Yeah, Paul. I mean, that, that's, that's on point. Um, you have to be in love with what you do. If you're in admissions, you have to be in love with talking to people, talking to prospective students about what you do, about the opportunities to educate, themselves about the opportunities to have upper mobility about the opportunities to get promoted at your job through education if you're in academic advising or you know any other support department same thing you should be passionate about that guidance that you may provide through coursework if you're in financial aid same thing uh, what opportunities do i have to discuss not just with my coworkers or my students but maybe people that don't know uh, what you do and how you can help them. A lot of a lot of people make decisions based on word of mouth or what they see, but they're not educated when they make those decisions. So, touching the community, doing that outreach is really critical, and it has worked with me. Um, I know that the success that I had throughout my career has been based on that, based on reaching out and based on making people aware of the different opportunities that that may not be aware any other way. George, before we wrap this up, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit or get you to explain what what your why is. And we all have one, but what gets you up early, gets you staying up late? What what drives you? Um, I think it's so important for a professional like yourself and that you're indirectly, you know, let's say we do have some that are listening to this podcast thinking, you know, I want some of that. Uh, share your why and um, and then we'll wrap this up. I'm in love with higher education. Um, I never knew if you were to ask me, you know, when I just graduated from college, are you going to be working in higher ed and you're going to be serving students? I would have said to you, you're crazy. I just want to make money. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm finished with school. I want to give me a job that will give me all this stuff, right? But guess what happened when I achieved that? Once, you know, once I got the, the, the things and once, you know, housing was stable and once 
everything is just lined up, a lot goes on. And if you want to achieve that growth, you have to look within yourself and, and ask yourself, am I really happy with what I'm doing? In my case, uh, I, had to, I had to get that other, you know, that other thing. And once I ran into education, it, it changed it for me. You know, it, education changes lives. And if you're following me on LinkedIn, I often use that hashtag, not just because it, you know, looks good. It's because I have seen it. I have seen somebody with no education, with no opportunities, complete a degree program. And now they are in a different spot in their lives. Their families are in a different spot in their lives. They have a future. They have a career. And there is nothing else that you can do with your money than getting an education that will provide upper mobility to you and to your family, to your loved ones. Now, you tell me, what else in this world will empower yourself to move forward with a career other than education? There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You need to invest in yourself. You need to um, educate and whatever that is. If it is a technical education, one year, two years at a community college or a trade school, great, do it. If it is a four-year degree, great, do it. We need professionals in all industries. If it is a master's level education, same thing. If you decided to teach or be a scholar, same thing. So my why, Paul, is is really just being passionate about what I do, is serving the people that I, I love, which is my students. I love to see them succeed. I, lo I love to see that hashtag changing lives happen, you know, because I've seen it. And when I started in high ed, I didn't know that that would be what the, the piece that will make me, make me fall in love with the industry. But once I've seen it and once I lived it, it, it just, it was it for me. You know, now I just, I wake up every day. I know what's in my agenda, but I just want to get in front of the students, give them the tools to succeed, and then just watch the show. The show is going to go on and on and on because education will never go away. And oh, everybody that, that, you know, goes into this, into this journey that is higher ed, it's just going to come better off at the other end, a graduation. And, and you know that, Paul, mm -hmm. being in the industry for so many years, yeah. I've seen it. If you're an admissions professional that is like, man, this job may be hard. You know, I, I already contacted this student a few times or whatever. It's worth it. It's worth right. it once you have seen that achievement, that end goal realized. And that, that to me, that's the why. You know, finding, finding that uh, passion about whatever it is that what you do within your university and just owning it and practicing it. Well, thank you so much, George. And, uh, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Many of us don't even realize, um, that we could be, we could be one phone call or one email away from, uh, making a, a impact in a future prospective student's life. So, um, I appreciate your, your time and your leadership and uh, George, tell uh, the listeners uh, the best way you mentioned LinkedIn, the best way that they could uh, potentially connect with you. Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you may find me by typing my name, J-O-R-G-E, P as in Peter, A-Z-M-I-N-O. I'm always posting things related to higher education, 
some of personal things that happened to me, um, you know, family things that I find relevant to share with people. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Um, as you share with uh, with the listeners, um, I'm currently serving as the career development advisor at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky. So um, if you happen to uh, be a student in within our university, feel free to contact me. If you're looking for a great opportunity uh, to better yourself, do your shopping around, you know, visit schools, visit community colleges, universities, whatever the case may be, but don't quit in your search to find yourself and achieve educational, um, some, some sort of education that will help you. Well, thanks, George. And thank you listeners for tuning into another episode of Reboot Higher Ed. Uh, please don't forget to leave me a review as it allows me to bring this podcast uh, to more listeners that work in the higher education space. And don't forget to subscribe uh, from wherever platform you get your podcast from uh, so you're notified when a new episode comes out. Thanks for tuning in to Reboot Higher Ed and have a great rest of your day.